Welcome to True Nature Radio. I'm Lori Regan. And I'm Hainer Fruhoff. Today's episode, we're interviewing Dr. Tamara Stout. She's a naturopath and a Chinese medicine practitioner, also a Qigong practitioner and teacher. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Before we jump into the interview with Tamara, we'd like to ask our listeners to go to iTunes and give us some comments there because it'll really help us out if you do that. Also, I wanted to let you know, in relationship to the ta- the episode that we're doing today, there's an amazing event coming up that we'd like our listeners to be aware of if they want to take advantage of it. This summer, there's a, a retreat, a Confucian Five Element Emotional Healing Retreat happening in Washington State. It's sponsored by NCNM and by the Heron Institute. And It'll be a two-week retreat happening from July 13th through the 28th. And to find out more about it, um, we'll give you information at the end of the show, but to find out what it's about, that's what the, the topic of today's show is. So let's get back to Tamara. Tamara participated in a retreat last year that was engaged in work that belongs to a system. It's a Confucian emotional healing system. It's a five-element system that was brought back last century by a man of the name Wang Feng Yi. And in this retreat, the goal of it is actually to get at the roots of the places where disease may begin because of us holding some kind of tension or some kind of misperception within our heart. Tammy, can you give us uh, some... uh, background on the experience that you had with this retreat in China. Sure. Um, So for me, in being at the retreat, one of the things I was looking at is it's one thing to have a nice theory and to do a workshop that seems like a comprehensive theory and makes sense, but what I want to know is, is this really therapeutically effective? Where does the rubber hit the road? Do you really see physical changes if you're doing this work? And so... Uh, during the retreat, that's really what I was watching for is it's nice if it sounds good, but really where is the impact and is there an impact that's notable? And so I was watching my personal experience as well as that of others. And for me, I found that it was incredibly effective that I had had a car accident um, back in 97 and still had some injuries in my body as a result of that in pain areas And I found that within three days of the retreat, there were areas of pain in my spine that completely resolved. And that was remarkable to me because I actually have done a lot of work around that in previous treatments, and I'm a regular Qigong practitioner. And to have that kind of impact so notable really caught my attention. Um, I noticed other things in my body as well, nothing that was... It's not like I had a diseased body going in, but there were areas of imbalance or discomfort that really shifted when I was there. So it really caught my attention. And then talking to other people at the retreat, I saw the same thing, that this work, as you work at the emotional level, as you work with the virtues, physical changes happen in the body. Can you describe uh, the nature of the retreat a little more. It was a retreat that was very long, two weeks long, and it was for the most part a silent retreat. But what happened every day? Mm-hmm. So a couple things. Every day there were teachings, and the basic teachings were in how to come back into alignment 
um, sort of with the, with the universe, but more specifically in your life with relationships with people. So it's very practical as far as how do you live your life? How do you connect with others? How do you act with others? How do you think? And the next layer in that is to really look at your emotional body, to look at where you hold emotions that are non-supportive or that actually take you out of relationship with others and yourself and where you can bring in emotions or virtues that are in alignment with your with your deeper self, with connectivity with your heart and with others. So the retreat focused then on looking at where in our body are we holding toxicity as a result of emotions that we've held. And that, I think you've talked some about this previously, but that goes very much along in Chinese medicine with the five-element understanding. Um, but you don't need to know that in order to do the retreat. What you're really looking at is what happens when you're angry? How does that affect your body? What happens when you place blame? How does that affect your body and how does that affect your relationships with others? What happens when you hold judgment or criticism? So working with very specific emotions and, and the whole focus is on coming then into absolute self-responsibility, that you move into a place of accountability and responsibility for the emotions that you have had that are not emotions of connectivity. Tammy, you talked a little bit about how this retreat focused on your relationship with others. And can you talk a little bit more about that? My understanding is very much that this Confucian system is focusing on the relationship in particular that you had with your family of origin, with your parents, with your grandparents, perhaps your siblings. Can you talk about uh, your understanding of that and what the meaning or the importance is of that kind of focus on your family? So they start off, the retreat starts off with looking at your relationship to your parents and very specifically looking at gratitude, the experience of gratitude and where you hold gratitude for your parents. And what that does is because of the symbolism and the relationship of us to our parents and us to the heavens, our parents in this system really stand in in the place of the heavens. And so to be right, to be right with our divine nature, to be right with our relationship with the heavens, we need to be right with our relationship with our parents. They emphasize that you can't scoot around that. You can't pray and chant and do all kinds of spiritual practices and still harbor anger or resentment or act out emotions towards your parents that it starts in the very practical, concrete relationship with you and your parents. How about um, when, this is of course a very complex issue because uh, a lot of people of our generation harbor uh, great feelings of stress when we think of our own childhood and that uh, is reflected in our relationship to our parents. How about when the parents at least from our mental perspective, behaved utterly irresponsibly or they were uh, substance addicted and as a result of it were not uh, ideal parents by any means. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting to watch there and, and I actually was watching that closely because I work with a lot of people who come from 
fairly significant abuse where there's been a lot of abuse in their relationships to their parents. And I wondered how they would negotiate that. And there were people at the retreat who also had come from backgrounds like that. And you know, what I saw was a couple things. First of all, they were very clear that they were not condoning difficult behavior or abusive behavior from parents. There was no condoning of that behavior. What they were saying is that we now need to come into responsibility for what we've done with that. And for some people, perhaps what happened with that is that through your experience with your parents, you now were breaking the cycle of abuse. You now were stepping in and saying no to further abuse, to abuse to your kids, to perpetuating that abuse a whole nother generational cycle because often abuse is carried through cycles. And that the gratitude towards your parents then may come in in the gratitude that you now weren't carrying this through. So to find areas for something you truly could be grateful for, it wasn't trying to make up something or trying to coat over experiences. It was looking at now in my life as I look back, what can I be grateful for? Maybe even though they're abusive, they sacrificed tremendously to put food on the table or whatever it was. But what happened is as people opened to that as a possibility, suddenly they began seeing parts of their parents they had never seen. And what I see is that we hold on to certain perspectives of people in our life or of our parents, and then we view everything through that, and we might miss those extra areas. We might miss where our parents truly did have love, whether or not they were capable of expressing it, or whether or not they expressed it in ways that we could really feel it or see it or know it at that time. So it's really, again, about coming into self-responsibility for your experience now and going back and finding where the good in this person was. So, Tammy, given that understanding, can you give us an example maybe or, or just a different level of understanding of how, say, somebody's holding anger to their parents? How does that then, what's your understanding of how that follows through and actually creates disease in the body of the person? So what happens according to this system is when we have emotions, we carry emotions in our body that are not cleared, they create a toxicity in the body. So there's an energetic shift in the body, which then eventually can manifest on the physical level and eventually manifest even as disease, so at the later stages. So that holding of the emotion will create an energetic constriction in the body, which then is played out eventually on the physical level. Likewise, the work there is, is focused on you releasing those emotions. And as you release those, as you let those feelings come up and through, as you really allow them to express through the body, you get physical releases through the body. And so people may have intense phlegm releasing or diarrhea or a fever or any of the many different ways that the body is capable of releasing toxins from the body, your body will use all those and preferentially focuses more on the one that's specific to that type of emotion or that type of elemental connection, which is more of a Chinese medicine understanding. And I think we need to emphasize for our listeners that in order to achieve uh, that physical result, uh, that 
mental acknowledgement of past mistakes, so to speak, is not enough, but that there needs to be sort of almost a full body uh, sincerity and surrender uh, in order to achieve dramatic physical changes. Is that correct? Yes, and what happens in the container of the retreat where you've got um, a period of time, and Heine, you mentioned earlier that it was in silence, but you have this period of time where, I'll go back to the first question, where there's teachings first on really, that, that encourage looking at your own life, looking at where you hold emotions, coming into responsibility to where you hold these emotions towards other people. And you're in silence, so it's really a deep internal process, and you take time to really go in and look at your life. And as you do that, it, it deepens. You get to these areas of this deep emotional awareness, this deep um, sorrow, really, for the the energies, the anger, the ways in which you've perpetuated negativity towards another. You start to really feel the impact of your own actions on another person and on yourself and the consequences of that. And as you feel that and follow that, then it's this absolute sincere release of the harm, the negativity, the pain that you have caused another. So it sounds to me that this work is one of those examples where it's very simple in nature, but not easy. Is that right? I think that's right. I think that it is, um, what I love about this system is it's very practical. It's very understandable. You can reach right out and really use it as a template for living. And that's what happens after the retreat is on some levels you embody it. So as you leave, you're living your life different. And I think that's due to the simplicity of it and due to the, that it just makes sense. It fits. You, you just, you understand that there's a deep truth. When we're faced with something that has a deep truth to it and we know it, we can take it in. We can embody it quite readily because there's every part of us. It's like our very cells know the truth of it. But yes, it takes courage. It takes a commitment to open to that level of vulnerability within a setting that you truly go there and allow yourself to feel that, allow yourself to enter these areas. You know, you're entering areas that perhaps you've pushed away for a long time, areas that you may have shame about or may not feel good about or that don't really correspond with how you see yourself in the world or how you present your ego in the world or how you present your identity. So these are those areas beneath that that you probably have pushed away from yourself. So those are the areas that you venture into. Amy, the Wang Feng Yi Xing Lei Liao Bing, changing disease uh, or transforming disease by um, returning to your true human nature therapy mode is, as Lori mentioned earlier, is has a very uh, specific location in time and space. It was uh, we originally comes from the Confucian philosophical background. And Confucianism, as we've explored earlier, is very much about how to conduct yourself in everyday life and actually walking your talk, doing uh, uh, good rather than thinking about what it, what what makes a good human being. And the question is always, of course, in my profession, where I'm in the business of bringing Eastern thought to the West, 
is this a system that is realistic for somebody who has nothing to do with China, who has nothing to do with uh, Eastern philosophy, etc. And uh, the next question, therefore, is I know that uh, when you came back, you actually quite soon conducted a workshop yourself with uh, exclusively Western participants on the West Coast of the United States. And mm -hmm. uh, I would be very interested to hear how that system of thought and therapeutic modality was received in that kind of a setting. I was curious myself, could we recreate that kind of change in efficacy in the U.S. where people aren't pulled away from their daily lives as much? They're not in a monastery in China where they're away from emails and phones. And So I did do a retreat, an intensive retreat, based very much on the model that we experienced in China. And what was unique about the retreat we did here is that there were people who came who had diagnosed diseases. Unlike in China, where most of us were relatively healthy, um, people came to this retreat who had diseases. And one woman in particular had um, cancer. So she had cancer of the, basically the fatty tissue in the abdomen. It's called a liposarcoma. And her prognosis was not good. She was having frequent surgeries to take the ever-growing tumors out. And in October, uh, prior to the retreat, the retreat was in June, she had once again, the tumors had returned, and they were saying she'd need to do surgery, but this time they were concerned because the tumor had begun to wrap around one of her kidneys. And she was starting to have physical effects of that, getting some water fluid back up, and they were certain she would lose her kidney. So when she got back from the retreat in June... I don't recall the exact timing, but it was perhaps 10 days afterwards. It was fairly quickly afterwards. She had another CT scan, and they could find no cancer anywhere. And just a week ago, she had a follow-up because, of course, they thought that was a fluke. And again, she's cancer-free. And when you say a week ago, that's another six months later. That was another basically. six months later, yeah. So it's been six months with clear, clear scans, which she's never had since that started. And and the oncologist was, of course, really surprised because he assumed by now she would be one less kidney and be continuing to have surgeries. And I'm assuming, coming back to that earlier point, that um, this was, of course, somebody who had uh, was with a back against the wall, not given not much time to live, probably, and um, most likely, in all earnesty and radicalness, participated in the tasks that were set for this um, retreat. Yes, uh, this person has a very deep commitment to her own personal growth and walking, even outside of the cancer, but with the cancer as well. And she absolutely, she entered fully in, she opened, she followed, um, she really followed her own process, she followed her emotions, she stayed with what was coming up. She had a deep sincerity and openness as she approached the work and throughout the retreat. Because that is always the, the um, Wang Fengyi was a peasant saint, and his clients were peasants. And when I personally brought people to China, they mostly Western intellectuals that have all kinds of preconceived notions about the world and about themselves too, including 
lots of reasons and defense mechanisms why your personal patterns and your lifestyle is the right one after all. And while uh, if somebody is really pressed because of survival uh, issues, uh, and I had cancer tw 20 years ago myself, uh, without that cancer, I wouldn't have been able to, at that time, change the things that made me sick in my own life. That That is at least my experience. So I find, uh, coming back to what Laurie was saying, that it's a very simple thing. If you want to get live a healthy life, then you need to be co-resonating with the various spectrum of goodnesses that is out there in the universe, the compassion, the love, the ability to take yourself back, the ability to have real wisdom by being humble and learning from others, and uh, to take self-responsibility and not blame others no matter what it is that happens. Uh, and then your body gets filled with your true nature, and from a holistic perspective, you get filled with light and limitless amount of energy, and there's nothing that cannot happen. Uh, however, in order to really achieve that, there needs to be a radical willingness to surrender your own defense mechanisms, surrender your picture of the world. And so I have great, as a physician, I have a great... Uh, respect for this person because I know that it is not easy for somebody uh, who probably has multiple uh, university degrees to, to kind of come to a place where you go like, what I did before is not working and I'll, I'll, I'm willing to not just think I'll change it like we all do with the New Year's resolutions, but to sort of radically change the structure of one's emotional and mental makeup. And through that, in a very real way, the way how one interacts uh, with other people, our parents, our siblings, our friends, our spouses, our children, our uh, bosses at work, etc. Yeah, and I want to emphasize too that, that anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. The process is so simple, as Lori said earlier, on one level. It's so simple. And the process itself walks you into a deeper connection with yourself. It's like you have this opportunity to let go of those things that aren't truly you anyway and that get in the way of your internal light shining. And so... Everybody who goes through the process, they leave feeling like they are more themselves than they ever have been. It's like this pulling away of those veils that get in the way of your true nature of who you really are and, and getting you back to the depth and the truth of who you are. And you start to move more and more from there. And that's some of what you're talking about, where then you touch into those levels of a deeper gratitude, a deeper abundance, a deeper love, a deeper health, a deeper energy, those come as a consequence of letting go of these other things and realigning where your focus is. Thank you for saying that, because that is, of course, uh, always my own fear that uh, being uh, being a modern Western intellectual and being German at the same time, I know my own reluctancy to change. I teach myself every day about ancient values and uh, how to be a good person and uh, very much like to think that 
I am one myself, but I know, particularly if you talk to my wife and children, they'll tell you about that, that in the going of your everyday life, it is not always easy. And that is precisely what this work is about, is not to mentally embrace a concept of goodness uh, and wholeness on the weekends when we do our ritualistic uh, spiritual work, maybe, but every day in every interaction we have a choice and and therein lies the difficulty at least for me yes yeah i think in the western world especially this power of our mind is so strong and can be such a distractor and that's the retreat the silence was critical because even with the silence the amount of questions people wrote on papers was astounding and i saw that in china too there's such a grasping of the mind to try and control it to try and keep keep what's familiar and stay in that area. Um, and this work helps you go go deeper than that. It helps you drop out of the mind and you truly become embodied in it where you start to feel and know what's going on very deeply and you respond from that level. It's no longer the mind dictating and controlling everything. So Tammy, as someone who has a fairly unique perspective on this work right now, having been a very um, willing and dedicated participant, and then also to have had the courage to actually then shortly thereafter run a retreat yourself with people, holding them, containing them, and doing this deep work. I'm wondering if we can finish up with any additional insights that you have or you want to bring to our listeners about what you learned doing this kind of work. You know, I think there's many paths back to ourselves and to the deeper truth of who we are. And in this path, and I guess I'd like to say that I also feel like in my life, I've tried to explore many of those, you know, that deep seeking to be, to feel more fulfilled, to feel more whole. And I found that this path is an accessible one that, that allows that journey, that really allows that journey back to yourself which is much of what we talk about in wholeness, that, you know, reuniting with all parts of you. And this work really allows that in a profound and simple way that I found people can, can fully embody as opposed to just holding on to it in their head as a theory where it never becomes embodied, that this work becomes embodied and changes your life. Thank you so much for bringing a deep transmission of the understanding of this very important work these really important concepts. Thank you so much, Tammy, for being with Thank us to, today both. and willing yeah. to share your um, experience and your information about this really powerful method. Join us in upcoming episodes where we're going to interview the patient who we talked about, who Dr. Stout talked about today, who had very sincere participation in the retreat that Tammy led and has since been cancer-free. For more information about the retreat, the Five Element Wong Fungi retreat that's happening, contact Jeanette Villegas, J-V-I-L-L-E-G-A-S at ncnm.edu. For more information about NCNM, you can go to ncnm.edu. We want to just remind you that we'd love for you to go and give us some comments on iTunes. And if you want more information about classical Chinese medicine, go to Heiner's website at classicalchinesemedicine.org. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Lori Regan. And I'm Heiner Fruhoff. <laughs>